Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight we'll be studying number 7 of chapter 1. And we're still reading in Revelation 1 verse 1. Let me read this again. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Now, in tonight's study, we're going to be looking at the last part of verse 1. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. That is, God sent and signified it by his angel. And we want to look at, to begin with, this word signified. What does God mean by using this word? What could signified by his angel be pointing to or teaching us? And we're helped when we look at the Greek word itself. Uh, of course, that's how God designed his word to be studied uh, in order to come to the knowledge of truth. We are to check out the words and to compare words, the same word as it's used in other places. Well, this word signified is, um, I'll, I'll pronounce it as semeno, and it's Strong's number 4592. It's a related word to the Greek word for sign, semion, which is Strong's number 4591 the very next number in the concordance. And the word for sign, Simeon, is used often in the New Testament. For instance, we read in Matthew chapter 12, and this account can be found, I think, in at least three of the Gospels, where uh, the Lord Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and scribes. and, And it says in Matthew 12, verse 38, Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in a whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Four times in verses 38 and 39, the Greek word semion was used. And and this account is found in Mark and Luke. And again, the word semion is used multiple times in relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ's response to the scribes and Pharisees in answering their desire to see a sign. And what does Jesus say? There shall no sign be given to it, that is, to the evil and adulterous generation, but or except the sign of the prophet Jonas, the prophet Jonah. Now, what is God telling us by this? Well, we we know one thing for sure, that he is indicating that there will be no sign in the heavens, no sign in the clouds or in the sky, no outward visible sign will be given 
to men in order to prove truths of the Bible. But the one sign that Jesus allows for is the sign of the prophet Jonah. And we have to think about this and wonder why. Why that particular sign? And what is the sign of the prophet Jonah? Well, uh, Christ says in verse 40, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in a whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's the sign that Jesus wants the Jews of his day to know. The sign of the prophet Jonah in the whale's belly. Well, now, could the Jews have known about Jonah? Could they have known about his ordeal for three days and three nights in the whale's belly, apart from the written word of God? And the answer to that question is no. What happened to Jonah happened hundreds of years earlier, and God used it. He orchestrated all the events. He he was key in uh, rescuing Jonah by the whale. It was God's plan to have the whale vomit out Jonah at exactly the place he needed to be, Nineveh, to warn the people of an impending destruction. And all of these things were recorded by God. He moved some prophet or scribe of old to write these things down in the Bible so we have a record of them. And that means that the sign of the prophet Jonah is a sign that can only be found in the Bible, in the Word of God. You cannot find the sign of Jonah out in the world anywhere. You're, you're not going to see anything outwardly outside of the Scriptures. And that's the point that Christ is making that no sign will be given in evil and adulterous generation except the sign of Jonah, which can be found in the Bible. That is, God allows for signs in the Word of God only. Uh, well, once the Bible was completed, God permits signs to be searched for and discovered in the written word, in the Bible, and nowhere else. Now, we can see this also when we turn to a couple other passages. Let's go to Mark 16, in Mark 16, and we'll start reading in verse 14, where it says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And I'll, I'll stop reading there. Now, once again, we have the word Simeon, signs, in verse 17. Jesus 
is declaring, These signs shall follow them that believe. And then he lists some amazing things, such as casting out devils, speaking with new tongues, taking up serpents, drinking deadly things like poison, and laying hands on the sick, and they are recovering. And we do know, we do know that down through history, and even in our present day, there are people who are looking for these outward signs as evidence of true believers, as evidence of those that follow Christ. After all, isn't that what Jesus said? And these signs shall follow them that believe. So naturally, uh, we have people who are drawn to the tongues movement. They're speaking in tongues. That's one of the signs of a, a true believer, isn't it? Or we have people who are drawn to uh, faith healing because in faith healing, they lay hands on the sick and they recover. Isn't that one of the signs that Christ said would follow them that believe? And and there's even others that take it uh, to a, a much more dangerous point. And, and they think you can handle serpents. Every now and then we read of someone who's involved in, in this kind of a church. And they're killed by a serpent bite because they believed that they could handle serpents as the Bible says. And, you know... Um, uh, thankfully, we don't hear of too many people drinking strychnine uh, in order to say that they're following this passage. And may no one ever do such a thing because you'll surely die. And if you pick up a dangerous viper, a serpent, a poisonous snake, and he bites you, you can certainly die. And that's not what Christ had in mind. Now, the same mistake is being made by people who read this passage as Jesus was addressing when he spoke to the scribes and Pharisees, an evil and an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. That is, after something in the physical realm, in the physical world, something you can see with your eyes and feel and, and something your senses can pick up. No, no such sign will be given it. And we know for certain that any church or, or group that follows after these signs that Christ mentions in the Gospel of Mark here in chapter 16, they are following another kind of a gospel because they have fell into the snare of seeking something outwardly. Well, well what is it then? What's, how can we understand this? Exactly as Jesus said, no sign will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah, the sign which can only be found in the Bible. Likewise, with these signs that follow them that believe, it is when we study the Bible and we compare spiritual things with spiritual, when we do our homework and we look up what it means, what God is teaching by casting out devils, that we find, oh, this has to do with salvation. It's a figure. 
It's a type and figure of an individual when he becomes saved. It's as though devils are cast out, and they shall speak with new tongues. That also relates to salvation. We begin to learn the language of the kingdom of heaven. When we pick up the language of the Bible, we learn God's language and and so on. And when they take up serpents, well, uh, serpents are a picture that God uses to typify Satan and his kingdom. And God speaks of this when the gospel went forth. Uh, I think in the gospel of Luke in chapter 10, the Lord indicates that they will tread upon serpents. And it is another figure of speech. And laying hands on the sick so that they recover, God has in view a sin-sick soul. And when the gospel would reach the ears of a sin-sick sinner, and they happen to be one of God's elect, well then, the hand of God, as he utilized an individual, as he moved within someone to bring that gospel, would be applied to the soul, and they would recover from their sin sickness as God granted them a new heart and a new spirit. All these things are in evidence spiritually in the life of a true child of God, in the life of God's people. But they can only be discerned and understood spiritually as one turns to the Bible. And and therefore, Jesus is saying the very same thing that we read in Matthew 12 to the scribes and Pharisees. You must turn to the Bible to see the signs that he is speaking of here. If you take it literally and look outwardly for some visible earthly sign, you will be deceived and you will be led greatly astray. But if you turn to the Bible, you can properly see the sign. Now, let's also go to one other place, and that's in Luke in chapter 21. Well, actually, two. I'll just read this quickly because this relates, and then we'll go to Luke. In Matthew 24, it says in verses 29 and 30, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now let's turn over to Luke 21, which is a parallel chapter. And this will be a parallel passage in Luke 21, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. God is indicating there will be signs in the sun. Now, Matthew twenty four twenty nine said, Immediately after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened. There, God didn't mention signs until we got to the next verse, verse 30. And, and then he did state, Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man. Now, what, what have we been learning? 
we've been learning that if we're looking outwardly, if we're looking for something with our our physical eyes, we can expect to be wrong. And we can expect, if anyone follows that idea, they're uh, entering into a spiritually dangerous area. When Christ speaks of signs after the Bible is completed, he only has one place in mind. There is only one place that can be turned to in order to properly find a legitimate sign from God. And that is in the Word of God, the Bible. And and so as we read this word, Simeon, in connection with the days immediately after the tribulation, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, we can be sure that God is directing us to the Bible. That is, in order to understand what he is saying and and the events that will take place after the tribulation. And, and we're interested in that very much because that's a precisely where we are in time. We're living in those days after that tribulation. Well, for us to properly understand these things, we must turn to the Bible to understand the sign of the Son of Man and to understand the signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Now, when God tells us this, when he states that there will be signs in the sun, then we can conclude that this means it will not be literal in any sense or form. We can absolutely know that, that a sign is not the reality of something. It is that which points to the reality. And since there are signs in the sun, this means we are to turn to the Bible to see what we can learn following God's methodology of comparing spiritual with spiritual, here a little, there a little, and in order to discover what a darkened sun might mean and a darkened moon and a falling and the falling of the stars. And when we do, well, we see that uh, Psalm 84.11 tells us that the Lord God is a sun and shield. God identifies with the the brilliant shining light of the sun. And the moon is used in the Bible to represent the law of God. It is that which reflects the light of the sun and the law of God, the word of God, the Bible, reflects the glorious light of eternal God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The moon's light, the sun's light will be darkened. And we get that understanding from the Bible that comes as the sign that God would have us to see, that we may rightly look towards. We cannot look for anything physical, but only in the Bible. Well, now in our verse in Revelation 1, uh, let me read the last part of that again. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Let's keep in mind what is being signified. The beginning of the verse, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him 
to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. In other words, God is signifying the revelation of Jesus Christ, the things which must shortly come to pass to John by his angel. And this word signified is a very closely related word to sign. And that is that the writing down of the visions that God gave to the Apostle John that are recorded in the book of Revelation, and this would apply to all scripture, the whole Bible, that the writings that God moved these holy men to write, to record divine revelation, these writings are signifying the reality of what God is declaring. That is, the Bible is basically a sign. It is the written word of God, and in this written word, God is signifying, he is giving us signs to indicate the things which he will bring about. And in uh, the case of Revelation, shortly come to pass, as it is in our expectation, we, we expect things to quickly and shortly come to pass. Well, let's see this word signified as it's used in Acts chapter 25. And this is Festus, who is speaking to King Agrippa because he has a prisoner named Paul. And Festus, the governor, does not know exactly what to charge Paul with. All he knows is he must send Paul to Rome, because Paul has pleaded that his case be heard in front of Caesar. And so it says in Acts 25, verse 26, "...of whom I have no certain thing to write unto my Lord." Wherefore I have brought him forth before you, and specially before thee, O King Agrippa, that after examination had, I might have somewhat to write. For it seemeth to me unreasonable to send a prisoner, and not withal to signify the crimes laid against him. And the, the word signify is the same Greek word translated in Revelation 1, 1 as signified, and notice here that Festus wanted something to write. He wanted to record a written word, the charges against Paul, to send along with him to Rome when he appeared before Caesar. And, and this is identified as to signify the crimes laid against him. The written word would be the sign or the signifying of Paul's crime, supposed crimes. And that is what God is saying, the way he is using this word in Revelation 1.1, that he sent and signified it, the revelation of Jesus Christ is being signified by his angel unto his servant John. So keep that in mind when you're reading the Bible. You are reading things that are signifying absolute truth. They are signs, really, of the reality behind the sign. 
So as we read Revelation and we read of a beast that rises up out of the sea or Satan's loosing or the great multitude is standing in white robes and and, and on and on. These things are the written record of the visions that God gave to his servant John to signify the realities that lie behind them. That is, the beast is not literal, but it teaches us of Satan's assault during the time of great tribulation. And the great multitude clothed in white robes are not literally clothed in white robes and waving palms, but they represent God's salvation of a great number, tens upon tens, scores of millions, that he did save during the time period of the Great Tribulation, and so on. So as we read the Bible, there we look for the sign, and nowhere else. God does not permit us to look anywhere outside of the Bible in order to find the sign. And so that is where our study and our focus must be always upon the written word of God.